Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Grace is a central concept to the Christian faith. Do you know what grace is? Do you know what grace would look like if you saw it? Today, Jesus helps us to understand grace in one of the most familiar parables he ever told, the parable of the lost son. I pray that our time together today will help you to better understand and better appreciate the amazing grace of God. Today's message is based on Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Our sermon is entitled, What Does Grace Look Like? God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. We turn our thoughts this morning to Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all that he had and traveled to a distant country. There he wasted his wealth with reckless living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country, and he began to be in need. He went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He would have liked to fill his stomach with the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, and I am dying from hunger? I will get up, go to my father, and tell him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He got up and went to his father. While he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, hugged his son, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Then they began to celebrate. His older son was in the field. As he approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant told him, your brother is here. Your father killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. The older brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. He answered his father, look, these many years I've been serving you and I never disobeyed your command. But you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours arrived after wasting your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The word of our God. My dear family in Christ, amazing grace. That's what we just sang. Is grace amazing to you? The grace of God ought to be amazing to every one of his children. God's grace is His undeserved love for us sinners. And God's grace is amazing. Amazing because the grace of God literally permeates His every interaction with His fallen creatures. It's all about grace. Amazing because there is no one who is beyond the reach of the grace of God. Amazing because God never turns His grace off. Like gravity, His grace is a constant force at work in our lives. Gravity shows itself when you trip over something and fall to the ground. Gravity shows itself when you're holding a glass and it slips out of your hand and falls to the floor and shatters. Grace shows itself in the way that God deals with with us sinners. And grace is what God calls on us to show to everyone else with whom we share this planet. Unfortunately, there's another thing about grace that's amazing. Unfortunate because it's completely contrary to the way in which this world works. Grace is completely contrary to our way of thinking. So we tell ourselves constantly there is no such thing as a free lunch. And if you want something in life, you're going to need to work hard for it and earn it. But sadly, that kind of thinking colors uh, the assumptions that we make about the way that God deals with us. And it leads us to some wrong conclusions. We start to think that God gives people what they deserve. We assume that what goes around comes around. We assume that God helps those who help themselves. And as a result of all of that, God's grace is often maligned or trivialized or flat out rejected. I mean, people think to themselves, look, God's not just going to give heaven away as a free gift of his grace. You're going to have to show him that you're worth it. You're going to have to do a little of the work yourself. In worldly terms, that makes perfect sense. But God's word teaches that if you will not be saved by grace, then you'll not be saved at all. And that's why God, here in the Bible, is constantly communicating to us the concept of His grace. 
And one of the most striking ways in which he communicates that to us is in one of the most familiar parables that Jesus ever told, this parable of the lost son. Here Jesus helps us to think about the question, what does grace look like? This parable that Jesus told is a bit of a head-scratcher. Not because it's hard to understand, it's not. It's a head-scratcher because of the kind of reckless love that the father keeps showing to his younger son. I mean, he keeps giving that younger son the opposite of what he deserves. And so when this arrogant son steps into his presence and demands his portion of the inheritance, even though his dad is still very much alive and well, he gives it to him. And after the son has wasted all of that money, partying himself into poverty and reaching a whole new level of pathetic, and then heads home with his tail between his legs to become one of his father's employees, his father runs out to meet him. And he doesn't start lecturing him. He doesn't give him any, well, I hope you learned your lesson. He doesn't tell him, if you want to be back in my good graces, you're going to have to prove yourself to me and start doing something to pay back the money that you wasted. doesn't say that. He doesn't look at his son and, and tell him, boy, you have got some nerve coming back here. Would you have blamed if he'd done any of that? Of course not. That's exactly what this lost son had coming to him, Right? Okay, believer, if, if you can't see yourself in this lost son of our text, then you're living a lie. Because, see, when Jesus told this parable, he wasn't describing the grossly exaggerated life of the very worst kind of sinner. He's rather giving an accurate description of me and of you every single time that we stray from his word and from his will and head off into sin. Every single time that we run after sin, running away from God as though he were someone to be avoided. Every sin that we commit brings out the lost son in us. And God responds with his forgiving grace. This is what grace looks like. The father runs out to meet his son. He ran, hugged his son, and kissed him. He loved him with an unconditional love, the same way that the heavenly father loves you. And he welcomed him back home. This, friends, is what grace looks like. He doesn't even give his son an opportunity to get through his carefully rehearsed confession. Instead, the father said, quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. God has put his best robe on you. That robe is the righteousness of his son, your Savior, Jesus Christ. He has clothed you with the perfection that is Jesus. He has declared you holy in his sight because of what Jesus did for you. That's what grace looks like. 
What else? Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. A a ring and sandals. Those were outward signs of sonship. The servants didn't wear rings and sandals. The father is communicating to his lost son that he has been welcomed back into the family. No questions asked. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's eat and celebrate because the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Our heavenly father in his abundant, overflowing grace has set before us a banquet of blessings that all come to us completely undeserved. Every single day we wake up and enjoy the blessings that the father has showered down upon us, food and clothing and life and breath and shelter and the list goes on and on. But spiritual blessings too, more importantly. He spreads a feast in front of us as we feed on the gospel here in the Bible and in the sacraments. And we feast on that here and now. And he promises us a seat at heaven's everlasting feast when this life is over. Why? Because we were lost and have been found. Because we were dead in sin and have been made alive in Christ forever and ever. This is what grace looks like. So ask, what is your status right now? At this particular point in your life of faith, would you describe yourself as close to your Heavenly Father? At home? In His family? Or are you perhaps secretly straying from him right now more than you'd like for anyone to know about? Or are you haunted by some sin from your past? Something that you did that keeps telling you you are beyond the reach of God's forgiving grace. Something that he could never forgive. Your father is the God of all grace. He loves you. In fact, tells us that He is love. Believer in confident faith, repent and return to Him every day and and every day of your life. He desperately wants you to come back home and He promises that He will treat you with perfect loving kindness. Entrust yourself to the Savior God who said to you in John chapter 6, the one who comes to me I will never cast out. What does grace look like? We see it here in this parable. Not only in the way that the father treated his once lost son, but also in the way that he treated the son who never ran away. The older son, when he found out what was going on, was not in any mood to join the celebration. In fact, he was angry about it. And he let his father have it. Look, these many years I've been serving you, and I never disobeyed your command, but you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours arrived after wasting your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Ironic, isn't it? The older son, who had never left home, had become, you might say, the lost son. He's filled with this hateful jealousy. And he angrily criticizes his father for showing such extravagant and undeserved love to his little brother. 
In fact, he's not even willing to call him his younger brother. He simply refers to him as this son of yours. Well, what's going on with that reaction? Isn't it that the older son is despising grace? This concept of showing someone undeserved love is completely revolting to him. The older son figures that he doesn't need any grace because he's never really done anything wrong. Really? He doesn't think that he'd ever need grace because he believes that everything that he has and enjoys in life, he earned, he worked for. Dear friends, let's be careful. You can be in the house and yet still be lost. How's that? Well, if we ever believe, even in some small way, that we deserve to be the children of God more than someone else, then we have despised grace. When we see God blessing someone else and resent his undeserved love for them because, in our opinion, we've been way more faithful to God than they have, and who are they to get such royal treatment when no one ever seems to toss us so much as a bone? Whenever we find ourselves boasting about how much we have done for the Lord compared to others... Well, then we show ourselves to be an awful lot like this older, angry brother. And guess what? That's especially true for those of us who have been blessed to be children of God our whole lives long. Baptized as a little baby. Taught to know Jesus on the lap of our mother. Maybe even blessed with with Christian education during our formative years or beyond. Those are all wonderful blessings. But trust me, those are blessings that Satan can flip around on you and use them to lead you into the ugly sin of self-righteousness. So that we end up saying to ourselves, well, God must love me. I mean, look at all that I've done for him. That's completely backwards. My Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Look at how much God has done for me. When I deserve the exact opposite treatment from Him, how could I not love Him back? But notice how the Father's unconditional love is extended to the older son, too. He doesn't say, hey, you'd better stay in your lane, young man. I'm the dad, and I'll do as I please, and I don't care what you think about it. doesn't say that. He, he doesn't start rattling off a laundry list, reminding the older son of the many times that he actually did disobey his father, which he seems to be conveniently forgetting. Instead, the father speaks to him in these loving tones. He shows what grace looks like as he says, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. But wait a minute. Isn't that the way he just treated the younger son? I mean, the robe, the ring, the sandals, the fattened calf, the celebration... All that I have is yours. 
Do you see the point? This father wasn't interested in loving just one of his sons. He was determined to show grace to both of them. God's promises and God's blessings are extended to the most vile sinner and to the sickeningly self-righteous and every sinner in between because we all need mercy and grace. And our Father calls on us to leave our life of sin, to turn from it in repentant and humble faith and to trust in Him for full redemption and mercy and to take up our cross and to follow Him in faith. All that I have is yours, and it is. The righteousness that we need, if we have any hope for ever living in heaven through eternity, is yours. Christ won it for you and gives it to you through faith in him. The forgiveness that we need, that we literally cannot live without, that's ours too. Christ won it for us at the cross. All that I have is yours. Even God's only begotten beloved Son, He gave us Jesus to live and to die in our place. And for Jesus' sake, this Heavenly Father loves us with a grace that is truly amazing and smiles as He points us to His heavenly treasure store of everlasting blessings. And as He welcomes us into paradise, He says, All that I have is yours. So what does grace look like? It looks like a father who runs to meet his foolish, rebellious children when they come to their senses and return. And when their logic tells them that they have forfeited their place in the family and that an employment in their father's house is the best that they can hope for, he quickly rejects that idea with his warm embrace. He welcomes them home with a love that is as undeserved as it is unstoppable. What does grace look like? It looks like a father who reaches out to those who are angered by his grace for others. A father who walks away from the celebration he'd been longing to have for his son who has returned home so that he can reach out to the other son who is too angry to join them. It looks like a father reminding his son of his place in the family, pleading with him to leave his anger and resentment behind and to come and join the celebration. What does grace look like? It looks like God seeking, finding, and saving you. You who were once lost, but now are found. You who were once dead, but who are now alive in Christ. Because of His grace. A grace that looks amazing. Amen. Amen.